This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Download the BBC Good Food app today and get inspired in the kitchen. Try a 30 day free trial to discover more than 13,000 recipes. Plus, as part of your subscription, you'll enjoy new ideas and exclusive recipes every month. The app will help you cook your best every day and build confidence in the kitchen with a range of skills videos and food masterclasses. You can organise your week by saving your favourite meals to make every day simpler. Plus, it's totally ad-free, so there are no distractions. Visit the App Store and search for BBC Good Food to download the ultimate cooking app today. And welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello, I'm Orlando Murren and I'm hosting the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. Today we're talking about cooking for a crowd, street parties, jubilee parties, big parties. You a fan of street parties, Tom? Do you know what? I haven't been to a street party. I, I kind of remember uh, uh, Charles and Diana getting married and being <laughs> a tiny little kid. That's the last street party that I've been to. But I do, I, I do absolutely love big get-togethers like family occasions or weddings or big events or festivals and lots of people being involved. There's there's a wonderful kind of energy that's created about um, when there's so many people together. There's, I mean, such a mix of personalities is one thing, but there's colours, there's noise, there's there, there's smells of food, there's, there's kids running around, there's generations, there's all of those sort of things that are like properly celebrations of life are just amazing. I do love get-togethers like that. So are you a bank holiday man? Do you take the day off on a bank holiday? No, I, to be honest, Orlando, like every day is like work. Even if I'm not at work, there's an email or something. So, but I do try to make sure we try to do at least Sundays um, and bank holiday Mondays would are always a good one to have off. If you can get it, if I can not be at work, it's great. And then we'll do something at home. We will cook. We will do a barbecue. We will do something outside. We will do something where we invite friends over and, and just try and make the most of like listening to kids jumping on the trampoline or playing, you know, football or doing like running around being whilst you cook. It's brilliant. I absolutely love it. I love the outdoors for that point of view. Have you got a big family? Have you got like Cousins and uh, uh, cousins and so no, my side of the family is quite small. So there's myself, and then there's my brother and my mum. So we we were just it was a single parent family. So me mum and my me, me brother. Um, so but then he's got two kids, and then also he's now he's with uh, a new partner who then also has two kids. So if they come, there's like six of them, which is great, which is brilliant energy. And then there's obviously just me and Beth and our little man. So there's only three of us. So he, he's six, 
same age as his cousin. So when they come, it's great. But then Beth's side of the family is very different. Big. She's got a brother and a sister and kids. And then she, her her parents have got brothers and sisters that are, like there's 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 a lot of them around. There's a, there's a there's a lot from Beth's side of the family, which has been great because it's always meant that family get-togethers have been brilliant. And there's always particularly you know with best sister and brother, best sisters, but. Um, uh, she works as an interior designer and works within the restaurants and, and and helps us put things together for the rooms. And but she's got two great daughters that are, are just a little bit older than Ace Man, so they're they're um, they're teenagers and they're but they're great. They're brilliant energy. They're such good fun and they're brilliant to have around. You know, it, people that are just that just want to get involved in stuff. That's what you need around you on a bank holiday when you're cooking. You need somebody to go and grab things from the fridge. You need somebody to get help lay the table, or you need somebody to get round to the shop to go and get more ice or you know you need people that just want to be around and doing stuff and creating energy and noise because reading between the lines you're the one who's always doing all the cooking is that right yeah but that's because it's good fun like i love it you know i love i, I love the idea particularly outdoor stuff when when you can when you can get a barbecue set up you, you get you're getting the coals going or you're getting stuff happening you know two or three hours before people are coming or you've made salads and they're in the fridge or you're doing you know, whatever it is you're doing to a bigger scale, it's really, really good fun. I love it. Um, but you won't be at an actual street party, you, you don't think, on this Jubilee. Do, do there street parties where I you live? I haven't got one planned. I, <laughs> I, 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 live, I live in a town that is likely to have something going on. It's a very good community based family friendly area that I live in I'm very very lucky so I am sure there'll be something going on somewhere but I, no one's announcing plans yet <laughs> there, there's probably there's probably like three or four different committees that want to do something in different parts who knows there might be like committee wars no one wants to go with their plans first in case somebody else goes with something else that's bigger and better who knows Orlando <laughs> I don't, I'm not into the small town <laughs> politics you want to have to choose between them and risk offending someone and... or maybe go to them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half, <laughs> half an hour to each of them. Yeah. I've never actually been to a street party. I don't know how they... How does the food materialise? Do people bring along a different people bring along a dish well yeah i kind of imagine i'm someone can let us know but i kind of imagine that you put your tables go out all on the streets like you bring it like a trestle table and you put food out and there might be a committee that's going right we need 12 cakes we need a load of sandwiches we need sausage rolls someone's on savory uh, and probably someone offers themselves up for doing the punch who knows <laughs> my mother used to do that sort of cooking and it was very very competitive and there were certain people whose trifle you did not want to have you certainly did not want to have and then other people's trifles who were very superior indeed I think my mother considered herself as a superior trifle maker I'm sure she did I'm <laughs> but sure I she did I will be listening for street parties in my area and see if I can get myself in, invited oh, to one. Yeah, get yourself a free invite for a bit of trifle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least I can advise on which is the, the winning trifle, can't I? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, is that a warm welcome you're going to get then? You're only come to the street party <laughs> if you're going to tell them if their trifle's good enough. <laughs> well, I'd like to be a celebrity if I'm there at all, Tom. I'm <laughs> sure you'd be the same. And what's the largest party that you've ever cooked for? Oh, the largest God. number of people, anyway. 
So uh, that would be that would be the Katie Awards or uh, at the Grosvenor Hotel where there is the the downstairs ballroom where it, and it's an awards ceremony that happens every year within hospitality and it's a little bit like the Oscars. You get you know you get an amazing statue and uh, and it's a celebration of everything hospitality and catering from um, food service management through to hotel of the year whether it's independent or her, a restaurateur, whether it's for a group or whether it's chef of the year. So it's a great big award ceremony that goes on um, from around about seven o'clock till about half past one, two o'clock in the morning by the time it's all finished. And you, uh, I was invited to put the main, so the chef of the year that wins the chef of the year, the following year, they have to put the menu together for the for that dining room, and it's around about one thousand one hundred people that are in that dining room at that time, all from the hospitality industry. Now it's the Grosvenor Hotel that put the food together, but you have to build the menu with them. So, and then when it came to those points of being there at service, you're, you're kind of there, but you, you're you're helping do the prep work, the mise en place to get it to that amount. But when it comes to service, I mean, I've no idea how to do a thousand people. We don't do a thousand people a week at the Hand of Flowers, let alone, I mean, uh, a thousand people all at once. is like, I mean, it's a terrifying thing machine to see going, but once it's going, it's amazing. But that's, that's the most that I would say that I've, cooked for but i mean i was it's my menu i was there i i wasn't literally cooking a thousand pieces of meat however i have done that when i we've done about a thousand people at twickenham as well so we cook at the rugby ground um for england home games for the six nations and the autumn internationals and we take over one of the restaurants there and I think the most there we've done is about 1,100. And I do remember, um, I was trying to blank it from my memory, but I do remember having to cook uh, lots of venison loins uh, at about half past 11, quarter to 12, just as people were arriving, coming in, getting ready for lunch before the rugby match. So yeah, that, that one I did actually cook. And are these plated occasions where... 1,100 plates. No, these are 1,100 plates. How do you count 1,100 plates? What does that look like? It must look like a room full of plates. It's a lot of plates. So that comes from two, one huge kitchen with two passes, one either end. So you're doing about 500 out of each side. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's massive and it just keeps rolling through, keeps rolling through. Just keep plating stuff up, put it on a plate, send it. Off you go. Keep going, keep going. Don't stop. No time for talking. Keep going. No, go, 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 go. And it's like that for about two, hours and you know and a waiter will come in and go can we have some extra gravy on table no just go there's a jug take, you know, just go 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 like it just becomes this kind of like machine if you imagine if you're sat at, um i don't know uh a crossing where the train's coming through and you drive up in your car and the gates go down and you sit there and then the train starts and then you keep going oh, okay well the carriages you keep waiting for it to end don't you, you keep thinking yeah. oh, i'm gonna wait There's and it just keeps trains. going yeah. and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and that's kind of like sending food for a thousand people it's just a it's just this relentless train of movement of food and it, i mean it's amazing to see and be a part of i've been on the receiving end of some enormous dinners like that and i have to say that it's not just that the occasion is probably more exciting than the actual food the the food although it's impressive that they've actually managed to get paid hot food in front of you, which is pretty amazing anyway, it's never 
that as enjoyable as you well, wish well, it were. Well, Orlando, you haven't been to Twickenham when I was cooking no. it or the Caters when I was there. How dare you? <laughs> no, I, no, I freely admit I haven't. But there's something about uh, there's something that I think the fear that uh, the fear in the air is, is captured. I by think the food. Beca- it's a very very difficult thing to put together to get it right. If you think of that amount of people when you go to a restaurant and even a busy restaurant, they might have a hundred people eating there at once. Now, but that's a hundred people in the room, but they've not all had their main course at the same time you know they've all had it over different bits and bobs so most restaurants are plating up a table of six a table of eight a table of four at a time so it's a lot easier to control where it comes to that amount of number of people that want to eat and get out before the rugby match or get out before the award ceremony or get the food gone it's very difficult to structure a menu you can't have too many movements on a plate you haven't got time to start putting intricacies on so you have to think of robust big punchy flavors so yeah sometimes it does get missed it's just about getting people fed but if you think about it put a bit of depth of thought into it you can create beautiful dishes that work for those sort of events I'm going to talk to you in just a moment about um, the kind of food that you might feed to a, a, a nice big group on a bank holiday. But before we do that, I want to interrupt because it's our favourite moment. Where do you stand on? It's time for Where Do You Stand On? Where do you stand on? So I'm going to call out something and you just have to tell me straight off what you think about it. Okay. Scotch eggs. Delicious. Cheese and pineapple on sticks. Well, kind of on a stick, I get it, just not on a pizza. Coronation chicken. Amazing, beautiful, childhood memory in a sandwich. Really, really lovely. Jelly and trifle. Amazing. You just keep it. Yeah, delicious. Best street party food ever. Je- I mean, trifle's fantastic. Jelly's amazing. I mean, what? yeah, keep going. Sandwich spread. No, bad. Bad times. Bad times. What even is that? What uh, What even is sandwich spread? I mean, it like blended up stuff that doesn't even go into sausages or cat food. Put, on, put, on, put, in, between, put in between two cheap slices of bread. No, thank you. Fairy cakes. But delicious. Really nice. Never enough. Well, thank you very much, Tom. We did quite well there. I mean, I didn't get the usual shout down that I normally get. No, there were so. good ones, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were picking good great. ones. That now, sounded like the best party ever, <laughs> apart now, from the sandwich spread. Now, just before we, we talk about the actual, how we're going to feed these 12 or 15 guests that are coming on the our imaginary Jubilee weekend, I just wanted to ask you, have you cooked for the royal family? With this ju- being a royal Jubilee, have you cooked for the royal family? Or are you allowed to say? I, I am allowed to say, yeah. So the first year is a great British menu that I um, competed in and won the main course. I cooked for Prince Charles and Camilla. That was 2010. So it was, yeah, I cooked a duck dish from Aylesbury with some duck fat chips and some peas. And it was it was a great, great dish. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I did, it was, it was... It was, it was lovely, and they were they were absolutely charming, delightful, wonderful people, an amazing event. So yes, I have cooked for them. Yeah, yeah. he's a great gourmet, Prince Charles. I believe. Yeah, he, I, he cares deeply about what he eats. Uh, yeah, I think he's very into the farming, the history, the heritage, where things come from. So I, yeah, it makes a big difference when you understand. I think I think the process of of production and and and, and the thought 
and the effort and the energy that goes into creating, <laughs> to making food. I think he has a, a much deeper understanding of the countryside and, and farming life and, and how that kind of affects everything else that we do when it comes to produce. They probably end up eating quite a lot of those 1,100... No, not swan. <laughs> quite a lot of the meals for 1,100 people, don't they? Poor, poor yeah. royal family, don't they? I imagine there's just... been many a time when they've just sat in banquets going, this is just the um, they, worst. They and want... smiling and going, this, oh, it's amazing. Like being on live television <laughs> where they go, yes, this is lovely. I, I imagine they're going, yeah, this is just, can, I, can we just go now? Just smile, just keep smiling. It's delicious. Push it to the side of the plate. Thank you very much. And what they really like to be doing is curled up at home with some sandwich spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to turn, turn your mind to uh, party ideas for if we're any luck, any luck, uh, open air party food ideas for something, um, a kind of feisty main course that people can do, which is easy for someone to do um, for largish numbers. It can be on a barbecue or it could be inside if it pours with rain, as it might well. Um, but something that's easy to serve and great flavours. Yeah. So and the, satisfying and feels like party. So there's a couple of things you could do right now. I. Everybody always struggles, right, if you're trying to do lots of individual things. So if you've got 12 people and you're trying to cook lots of 12 different burgers or 12 different sausages and you talk about things like a barbecue, it's good, but it's always at 12 different steaks. You can't, you can do it, but it becomes quite a stressful environment. Like for me, I, I would quite happily get on and do it and I kind of, but it's not, it's not much fun. So you want to look at centerpiece things, things that you could put down. The best way of always cooking for anybody when it's more than just two of you is stuff that you can dump in the middle of the table and people love and help themselves. You have got to forget about presentation, think of serving bowl and then allow them to do it. So something like a slow baked side of salmon, like on its own in the oven, really, really simple, very, very, you know, covered with a few herbs and just slow roasted, seasoned up really, really nicely baked in the oven till it's just pink in the middle bring that out that's that so people can just flake it themselves and would that would that be wrapped in foil Did, wrapped no i see i wouldn't i would do it on a low time i'd do it on about 120 degrees and just slowly 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 cook it good drizzle of olive oil loads of seasoning on it and just let it just gently bake and then once it comes out you can if you do it the other way so that the skin is facing up you then peel the skin all of it off and you've got this kind of like grey kind of like uh, the other the underside of the skin but the salmon is amazing then I put a load of chopped herbs on it and serve it with a potato salad that you've already made on the side so this centrepiece is this beautiful big piece of salmon and you could do the same sort of thing whether it's a shoulder of lamb that you could put in the oven and slow roast that for like five or six hours that's been studded with garlic cloves and you just bake it and put that on the side and th the thing about slow roasting lamb is quite often people will see that as um, uh, things that you would do in uh, the wintertime because we would associate slow cooking and braising as something you have in the winter. But if you think of um, some of the best um, dishes that come from uh, North Africa, India. I, I, I mean, they're slow cooked. So the thing, serve it with couscous, serve it with, you know, a, 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 um, something that, you, like a bulgur wheat salad or something that's got, you know, something slow cooked, but the salmon is a really nice, way to do something that's slightly different as well because always it, you know it, it, with a potato salad it's beautiful sit it outside it's great and would you would you get it 
would it be baked in in like a roasting bake in a roasting tray, tray. and then Absolutely. serve it in the roasting tray you could serve people, it exactly serve, serve it in the roasting it, tray okay. exactly and then yeah. help themselves yeah or you could just kind of gently lift it out and put it onto a platter if you wanted to that's no problem gorgeous mayonnaise make up some mayonnaise with loads of chopped herbs in that some dill like kind of like a dill and mustard mayonnaise perfect some pickled gherkins do you always make your own mayonnaise or do you think there's a place for good old bought mayonnaise bought mayonnaise I'm not making mayonnaise at home come on I mean you want me to like that would be a complete lie if I said yeah of course I make mayonnaise yeah I mean I can make mayonnaise and we make mayonnaise in the restaurants and we have them a particular standardised different recipes but at home I'm not messing about with that you can buy perfectly good bought in ones some people like making mayonnaise though it's, it's quite relaxing I've got, I've got to by some people you mean you <laughs> um, I, I, I do sometimes feel like making it but I've got a new theory you know that you have to have you named me drip. one person that likes making mayonnaise <laughs> no it's, it's so name me one <laughs> see you don't know any it's, it's a lot you just made that up no, most people no. like opening the jar oh, of mayonnaise I prefer bought my, I prefer bought mayonnaise it tastes better doesn't <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> I know that there will be lots of people listening who enjoy making their own mayonnaise and would want to make it but of all occasions that the famous jubilee mayonnaise they would want to be making wouldn't they yeah but I, okay if you want to mess around doing that that's fine however i would say get a lovely get get whatever mayonnaise you've got that you've made or opened but then you add the flavors to it you could a hard-boiled egg that's then being grated you can put in gherkins capers that have been you know kind of all chopped up and minced together make like a good a cross over between a grabiche and a tartar sauce you can put loads of chopped um parsley in it loads of chopped dill it works really nice. You can put harissa through it. You can put some sriracha sauce through it. You can, you know, you can start creating from that mayonnaise base. You can make things super exciting, really beautiful kind of next layer flavors. Um, and what about desserts for this jubilee event? Okay, so that for me, fairy cakes you mentioned earlier, yeah. beautiful, would work really, really and nicely. Then, uh, we could kind of make them into a pyramid of fairy cakes. Yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah, absolutely. But a good one for something like this is trifles because you know they 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 sit really nicely they're very very summery they are quite easy to make you can get the family involved in it and you could i mean you can go through different layers of trifle you can make some super hard and like overcomplicated and delicious ones amazing or you can make real simple ones with like with with the, um with the tin custard powder that you make nice and thick with cream that goes on the top with hundreds and thousands over the top of that you know proper like childhood memory stuff but for me something perfect for that it's like a, a, a eating mess works really well because it's already already about it being messy do you know what i mean it's sat in a bowl you've got you you make your really nice strawberry or raspberry coulis you can drizzle it sauce that goes on it and you can never ever go wrong with like a really nice flourless chocolate cake so it's soft and gooey and delicious all baked into one tray and cut almost like into brownies they're the sort of thing who doesn't love a chocolate brownie and people love a choice of desserts don't they yeah, I mean, who doesn't? And particularly on a, something like that, if it, there's there's a few things bobbing about and hanging around, yeah, you might if you cut them up, if you they can help themselves to smaller amounts and then go back for seconds if they want. At times like this, you want to have a great big American fridge. Do you have a great big American fridge? Do you yes. have a walk-in fridge? No, I haven't um, got a walk-in. Well, at work I have, yeah. <laughs> Not at home. I have a, I do have a big fridge at home, yeah. Do you I'm have very, two American fridges side I, by side? <laughs> Not side by side, but I do have two. You have two American have fridges? Two, I have two big fridges at home, yeah. Do you have a yeah. ch chest freezer as well? No, I have no, no, I've only got one little drawer, little freezer on one of the fridges. That's it. And there's not much in the way of frozen food in ours. There's a few peas and that's about it. 
So uh, with the um, these huge, giant-sized American fridges, you've got plenty of room for these different desserts because you get a bit panicky when you've got a big party that you can't keep everything cold. Listen, this is the thing. I know I realise how lucky I am to have the big fridge. And, but the big fridge works really nicely because it's not just about, like, it being a big thing in the in the kitchen what it is is it, it helps for air circulation the the better the air circulation the better it is at keeping things cold the longer they stay cold the better the less time they've got the, the less chance they've got of going off you know air circulated which is really really good so yeah big fridges or space in your fridge if you only got a little fridge but you're making a couple of desserts look at what is in your fridge do you need it do you need to keep the ketchup the mustard that manky old funny bit of celery that's all wobbly at the bottom of the of, of the like the veg drawer do you need to keep that half-eaten uh punnet of grapes does that bit of cheese in there need to stay there or should you just make yourself a quick sandwich like empty the fridge out a little bit to create that space so you've still got room to put other stuff in and what about party drinks for a large group how, how do you handle those so uh, that's a case of right help yourself right so i think because the moment you start getting into I'm going to be your wine waiter for the night. It becomes it becomes very very painful. What I would do is get a, a, a table, a trestle table, an area, stick it on, put a load of drinks on there, and go. Listen, guys, you go help yourself. And then for the kids, quite often what we do, we've got like a, we do like a punch thing where they can go in up. So there's a little, we've got this little barrel thing that we filled up that we got somewhere cheap and nasty with a little tap on it that they can go and help themselves and make them feel quite grown up that you know that sort of stuff just just fill things up with squash and then i mean if and if you've got a, like a big uncle floating about let him make the punch make a grown-up punch yeah exactly make a grown-up punch and what would that have in it what dire well, ingredients orlando my drinking days are done nine years ago i would have told you add everything in it <laughs> now i'm going i don't care my friend you can put whatever you want in um now the party playlist what music have we got on for for the jubilee get on to uh your where you normally get your music downloaded from and there'll there'll be like playlists of music there for like party zones or whatever else you want and just get don't take the responsibility of being the dj and making a playlist together let let wherever you go online for your music do that for you and then it can change up you know have your laptop or, or your or, or your um tablet open and then let anybody else have a little play around and do it or have one of them things where you ask that sits in the corner of your room that's actually listening to you in your every word, ask it to play some music and then it will do that. Do you have speakers in the garden? Or would it just be coming out of the house? Well, you could have speak. You could, you could, I have got speakers in the garden. I actually just, that was my Christmas present that I got um, uh, speakers put on the side of the house. So it was quite a nice thing for us to be able to. So this summer coming, I will be able to cook with the speakers that, so it's playing music in the house and outside of the house. So you're quite quite a party animal. I like energy. I like I like being around noise. I like music. I like I like the vibrancy of it. Yeah, I'm not as big a party animal as I used to be, but I still like the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah. And games? Would you play games? Uh, no, now we're taking a step too far, Orlando. No, no, no games. No, absolutely not. No, no, no games. Games are banned. No ball games around our house. But the children play games. They're 100% they do, yeah. Any games is no problem. I'll go on the trampoline, that's no bother. We're going to paddling pool, that's no bother. We we play, uh, kick, kick the football as hard as you can. Can you throw uh, the cars over the other side of the pond? Can you, like, like we just do whatever. Get, yeah, of course we play loads of games. Well, let's just hope for 
fabulous weather. That's all. We'll all have like loads of it, mate. Even if even if it's just, it doesn't matter if it's raining. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're I'm convinced about <laughs> really. Yeah. Well, I'm. If you for... get your invite to a street party, okay, that you can go and judge people's trifles, and you say yes, I'll come, and then it rains, are you going? <laughs> no, that's a no. Uh, no, I will go. But I, I'm, I'm embarrassed because I always seem to be spending these podcasts angling for invitations to things, <laughs> and it's like I've got no one ever wants me to go anywhere, and I'm pleading with our listeners, please, someone invite me round, or in fact, guests on our podcast. I'm kind of begging for invitations, aren't I, the whole time? Please, can I come to your restaurant? Please, can I come to your Passover celebration? Please, Isn't that I, the whole point? Please, of doing will this someone podcast? invite me to your street? Party. Isn't pathetic. that what we're doing this for? It's pathetic. That. Well, anyway, I am free on the Jubilee weekend, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the first weekend in June and we get an extra day, which is really, really exciting. So we have a four-day four day weekend. Whoop, so whoop. Great. Anyway, I'd like to wish everyone listening a very happy, joyous Jubilee celebration. And thank you very much, Tom. I look forward to seeing you at yours. A pleasure, mate. Have an amazing weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. For more brilliant cooking advice, don't miss the quick bonus recipe episode, Let's Cook Together. See you next time.